Welcome what the to the Average was Show Theology Show. A show where average guys <laughs> talk about God and the Christian life in their church basement late at night. And it's super hot, dude. And it's so hot. It's so, so hot. hot. <laughs> and it's dark outside. Uh, I'm so ready for winter. We're opening up that window. And today we're talking about the church militant and triumphant. Oh, dear. We opened the doors and it, I could hear it like echoing throughout the church. That was pretty cool. <laughs> We're talking about eschatology. Have fun, guys. Hunter's dun, dun, favorite dun, subject. Dun, dun, dun. It's, it does. It's interesting to me. It's very fascinating. Hunter's favorite subject. He doesn't like to study real subjects in the Bible. <laughs> Just eschatology. <laughs> so I, I only Listen. have ever read Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> I've never read any of the other books. Oh my word! Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be wild. So like, I'm gonna start back to front, actually. <laughs> so they're like, "What the heck is going on, man? What a trip that would be." Okay, so today's episode <laughs> eschatology. So first of all, Hunter, what is eschatology? It is the study of the end times. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The Gold study. star. Gold uh, star. The end of the world. Ac- accurately. The last things. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But the it's okay. Translation. You don't, He's been to college okay. for it. You don't He's know, you don't know Greek. <laughs> okay. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you don't study Greek like me, so, yeah. you know. But no it's okay. Deal. That's only one of the one other one out of 55 Greek words that I actually know. <laughs> so I was there with my Bible open, and I just looked at the Greek, and I was like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. This is wonderful. I know all these it's words. So, it's so pretty. It. It's so pretty. I just, <laughs> I just don't know what it means. <laughs> no, so sure yes. Sure does look good, but I don't know what it says. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you be speaking exactly. in tongues to get something out of this. <laughs> exactly. So today, we're talking about the study of the end times, or the study of the last, last things. Thing. And particularly, we're not going to really get into like what's no. going on By in Revelation. No means is this a deep dive. No. Oh, no. Simply, all we wanted to, the, the question we wanted to answer today, bonus <laughs> episode, why does eschatology matter? Why does it matter? Right, so I think this is one of the very, su- one of the subjects we kind of just dismiss in, in the church. Oftentimes because it's a difficult subject. You yeah. have many differing it, views. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of, um, you know, metaphors, a lot of illustrations. I mean, like, right. you know, you read the Gospels and you see Jesus healing people. You see him, you know, doing miracles. Pretty, you see him going to the dry. cross. And then you go to Revelation, you have like, like you know, dragons women of the street riding on dragons out of the ocean. And you're like, right. what it's, is going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's got seven heads. <laughs> Very uh, dramatic and apocalyptic. Apocalyptic language. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but, you know, so typically we give priority to stuff like Christology, Mm -hmm. study of Christ, um, you know. Pneumatology. Yeah, study of the spirit. um, You know, ecclesiology, study of the church. We'll talk to you about it later. Different different kind of stuff like that. You haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So typically we give priority to that stuff. Still working on revelation. You know, theology (laughs) proper, study of God, um, which is great. But theology is also something, or not theology, eschatology is also mm. something we should not dismiss. No, absolutely. Um, because, because, why? well, that's the question we're going to answer today. Why does <laughs> why? eschatology matter? Interesting. So, Chase, you're not super passionate about, uh, you, you enjoy eschatology okay, because, it, because it matters, right? It does, because yes, it matters. It does what matter. do you think? But you're it. not like <laughs> super passionate about eschatology. 
No. Because I, re- I remember, you know, recently Hunter and I have been studying it. Um, Hunter's been studying it for a while, but I got into it recently, um, afresh. I've studied eschatology before, read a revelation before, and I held to a, a position before, but I think some of my other readings in Scripture have kind of informed a, a different view of eschatology for myself. Um, so Hunter and I were talking about that recently, and we would bring it to the podcast, and before we recorded, we would talk about it. And Chase said, no, nope. Just leave me out of this. Right. Just leave it's me out of this. Of yeah, I was like, I'm which a, I, you know, I understand. I'm gonna get to a COVID. Degree. That's the whole point of me trying to get COVID over here. Is so you guys <laughs> would talk about it while I'm gone. Oh, okay. Guess not. Right. But no, eschatology was for me for a very long. I remember telling Aaron, I'm like, dude, I don't even want to study. It's and I really did. I, I was like, it's not important. I don't care. It because my problem was is that I saw was I saw all the division. That it I is very across. divisive, and that was my issue. I think was that. Um, because I don't like, in a I didn't like in the way that I was like, you know what? You're not gonna know. You're not. You're gonna think. And and the thing was is I saw a lot of people who acted like they did know a hundred percent. And they're like, boom. Oh, yeah. For do you sure. what? You're wrong, dude. You're wrong about this thing that we're not hundred percent for certain about. And and boom, you're wrong. And they you're created wrong, a division. Dude. You didn't read Jerusalem's newspaper today, <laughs> right? You don't know. Yeah. And and I saw all the craziness that it also brings with with certain um, eschatological eschatological whatever the viewpoint <laughs> of eschatological their eschatological. Thank you so much. You're Hunter. welcome. Yeah, I could tell you say that a lot. You're welcome. Um, he just I'm says just, it out loud. I say it so I don't sleep. sound like an idiot. Yeah, he just says it out loud. <laughs> eschatological. Eschatological. <laughs> so no, but I just I saw a lot of division. I saw the anger sometimes people got from it. I saw also the amount of craziness that I brought. And I was just, I'm like, man, I don't want to get into that. That sounds right. not important to me right. because, and so, so I went on that, that idea for a while. And then eventually I started looking into it. I saw the mm-hmm. hope that it brings. I see that the amount of, of careful study, if you just do it and you get amongst brothers and you say, Hey, and, and you, I find it interesting now, something that I was like, I'm not going to find it interesting. I mean, but like that was all a problem that I had to work through myself. It, it is important. It's important because it creates almost the framework of how you interpret from Genesis to Revelation. Yes. It, it, it also it shows a lot of um, things that you see today that people, I believe, truly take out of context to create a an uninformed way of reading the gospel. I also mm. see it also yeah. being used a lot of times, if you want me to be honest, I, I really see this a lot where because it is futuristic, because it's things that we have not mm-hmm. gone to through as you know we would think maybe differently on some, on how much but you see it being able to u- be used as fear mm. and used by the enemy to steer Christians in the wrong way mm. and so for me personally what got me into it was I saw the I, I was getting frustrated actually at how Christians were handling this uninformed es- eschatological view you know, yes. and I was like, you want? Know I think if anything, possibly I, politically, politically, how they yeah. let how they let their eschatology or mm-hmm. or force eschatology into politics. Yeah, and yeah. it frustrated me. I saw the importance of it. I saw the hope it brings, the framework it creates, so many more things. But that's my basic understanding of getting into eschatology, which has yes. been very, very, very recent. I would say within yeah, the well, last four helpful. or five months. That's helpful. Exactly. So. Um, as as me talking about it tonight, this comes from a person who has not been able to learn a ton, but I have been actually seeking, watching videos, 
um, following men who I can uh, trust to uh, bring the word, and it's been good. And yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it, actually. And I'm reading Doug Wilson's book right now on it. Um, I've watched all of our C. Sproul's videos on the... Oh, man, have, or the the end times according to Jesus. Exa- thank you. I was like, it's a something to Jesus, and I was like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's been good. I've I've actually enjoyed it. Something that I was like, there's no way. I'm, yeah, because I also for myself, I get into theological topics, and I get deep. I get no. It's like scary deep. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I didn't want to get into my cage stage about uh, revelation <laughs> because I know how I am. I, I get really hard, and then I get very like mm-hmm. almost legalistic about it. And so I was also me trying to watch myself, but I'm like, I need to do this. Oh, uh, we all we all know how. I had a slight cage stage. We all with know eschatology how. there for a little while. Oh, did you? Post millennialism, yeah, a little, a little bit. He did, one, yeah. even against me because I, I backed I was, off a little bit. As you should, like, I held to a, a bit, different eschatological view, and he was on me about that. I was, but it's also people like that that make you, it, whether it's a, from a friend who's like, "Dude, you need to get into this." Which my uncle is the one who definitely was like, "Hey," I told him one time, I was like. Hey, I'm not into it, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. You will one day." And on top of that, that I wouldn't probably say that. And I was like, "You're probably right." So I, I just <laughs> trusted. I was like, "All right, I'll get into it, but maybe not now." And so I'm getting into it right now. <laughs> okay. So, um, so why is that important? Yeah. So I'll throw out some points why I think it's important, and you guys just add in. Okay. Um, whatever you think is helpful we got so, our like synced up we say mm-hmm, and okay and like at the same time we're we're mm-hmm. on it tonight chase mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we just gave a fist bump amen that was awesome I'm oh and chase <laughs> chase we're all familiar with your cage stage because of how mad you got when we did baptism oh how deep i got yes oh my god you went down the hole on <laughs> baptism <laughs> Dude, I, I like. I was like, we're holding off that episode for three weeks, and then for we, real. And then we met, and I was just like, no, no we can't do it. What, I'm not what, ready. what am I on right now? I'm trying to think of what. Um, it's not eschatology right now. It's a. And I'm about to start getting. I don't even. No, we'll talk about that later. Submission to <laughs> no politics. Submission Ooh, to authority. Okay, yeah. okay. We I, might have to do a series after that. last week. I was I was fired up, not like in a bad way. I was just like, dude, I want to make sure I'm right. So now I'm like. I got about a twelve-hour drive here this weekend. I'm of back and forth. No, sixteen hours. I'm driving to somewhere for eight and back. Bro, I'm getting some videos linked up to go hard on listening to like eight different theological things. I've been like hard about, like I've been wanting to figure out. So yeah, I love times like that where you can just soak up information. Mm-hmm. Oh my word, it's my favorite. Okay, so here's some reasons why I believe esch- eschatology is important. Okay, es- eschatological. First reason is because it's pervasive. Okay. Like you find eschatology everywhere in the Old Testament, in the Gospels, in the Epistles, in the, in Revelation. Okay, mm-hmm. ultimately you see eschatology from Genesis to Revelation because it's it's the ultimate triumph, the ultimate um, recreation. Right? You have the the Scripture bracketed by two books, Genesis and Revelation. You have creation and recreation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, that's why I think it's important because it builds to recreation. Mm-hmm. It's the ending of God's great arc of redemption. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, because I think it is the the final glorification of the Lord Jesus. Okay. So the I mean the end of Revelation, he says, 
Behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So eschatology matters because it's it's the bracketing of God's great arc of redemption. Right? right. We had a beginning and we have an end. Mm-hmm. That's also ties it ties directly into the gospel. When you preach the gospel. A pre a prerequisite for the gospel to understand it properly is is a proper understanding of sin and of coming judgment, which is involved in mm. eschatology. Yeah. There there is an end coming, right? He the the Lord Jesus who reigns currently is coming back to judge the quick and the dead, or the quick. You know, yeah, you know, you know what we're talking about. He's coming back to judge. Mm-hmm. So that that's an ending. We have a bracket to. The scriptures, the inspired scriptures. Also, I think it's important just because it just informs so much of what you read. I mean, you have it once again so through so much of the scriptures, and ultimately, it's the it's the end of the gospel. It's part it's part of the gospel because what is the gospel? The gospel is ultimately the the good news of God's victory mm-hmm. of the victory of God's kingdom. Now, how does that happen? It's a victory through sacrifice of the suffering Savior. Yeah. But it is a – the word gospel literally means a political victory. It's a political triumph. And we see that in God's kingdom, right? So like earlier we were talking about people t- taking eschatology and forcing it into politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the eschatology and the gospel in general is political. But the issue is people people – See that not people misplace our, it, right? right? People misplace it. It's not. It's not that we not in our political right. System. Exactly. It's a whole new political system. It's it's subverting God's. everything, right? That right. the kingdom of God is over all. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King, and thus He is recreating all things and bringing them to Himself. And that is eschatology. Mm-hmm. Is the triumph, the World victory, domination of the kingdom. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I think it's important. I think it's important to see. The beginning and the end to God's great arc of redemption. We see where we fit in the story. We see what God is doing through his word. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we see the triumph, the victory of the kingdom. Right. And that that victory is a presupposition to many of the promises we get throughout the gospels and the, the um, epistles. As he's promising the victory, as he's promising mm-hmm. um, the things that we receive in Christ, all take part in the end times and, and the last things. And so it's really just the optimistic look and, and big picture view of the, the kingdom triumphing in, in, in winning. Mm-hmm. So, so you said optimistic, is there times whenever people may be pessimistic? Yes. So I would argue, you know, you get into the weeds about different, what's your eschatological view. And they, mm-hmm. for some, for some reason, I think I heard Doug Wilson one time say, I think it was on the evening of eschatology video. He yes. talked about how the millennium is a thousand years of peace that Christians like to argue about. <laughs> it's supposed to be about peace and everybody just get, right. it we divides people. It. Right. So like for some reason, 20 chapters into the book of revelation, you have this thousand year period that for some reason, everybody chooses to c- characterize their whole view of the last things around that one Right section in the twentieth chapter. Right, so you get into the weeds about different eschatological views, but um, I think there's really only two, and not me. I mean, I I didn't 
originally come up with this, right? I, mm-hmm. I heard this, and I think it's correct. I think there's really only two eschato- eschatologies. You have an optimistic one and a pessimistic one. Mm-hmm. And the reason, once again, that it's important is because it has to do with the gospel. It's bracketing all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. But it really informs how we live the day-to-day as Christians. Exactly. It really does. Um, if we If we don't know right if we just believe that the world's just going to just plummet downhill and just self-destruct then there's no mm-hmm. i mean like what are we going to do you know we're just kind of kind of set so, at, idly aside right mm-hmm. and we're say well gonna, i'm just going to go to church every sunday right. i'm just going to hang out watch football we're you not know i mean have that fire you're going to be ap- is accomplish our mission right there's not going to be an urgency to say listen god gave us a mission to go into the ends of the earth and to right. a, to to share the gospel, disciple all the nations and bring them to obedience. Right. He's given us a mission. We've got to do it. Yeah, I mean that's what that's a big argument that actually people who are not of the reformed camp bring up. They're like, well, I don't. That makes no sense because you know if God's already elected people, then why should uh, we even go out and preach the gospel? You know, you, I've heard that before. So it's the yeah. same type of view where. Those Which people is a, kind of a dumb question to ask. It is a very. It's like, do you do you have an elect radar? Because I don't. I don't, I, I <laughs> yeah. can't look around and say who I need to talk to and who I don't. But they well, say that. Well, and so that would be it's, the, ulti- it's fundamentally because they don't understand reformed theology. But that's Correct. the pessimistic view. That would be the well, God's already elected people. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sit at home. I'm not going to go out and actually preach the gospel. Well, that would be one version of the pessimistic view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, it can be, I mean, you don't have to be reformed or no. some kind of perverted Calvinist that you just <laughs> described. <laughs> no, no, You no, don't no. have to be that to, to no, have right. a pessimistic I'm view of I'm saying that's an example of what, right. it, what, what it, mm-hmm. the optimistic versus pessimistic. Right. Yes. You know, the the whole idea that just God has just made his world and we've just ruined it and it's just going to go downhill it's and just gonna self-destruct. Get, gonna get it's going to get way worse. worse and, then, then any better, and then Jesus is going to come back and we're just all going to be okay. It's like, <laughs> yes, Jesus is going to come back and it's all going to be okay. However, we have a task to, uh, you know, one of my favorite, there's a Getty hymn that I love that's called Facing a Task Unfinished. We have a task that God has given us. We have unfinished. to finish it. Right. Okay? We have to do the task and, and, and with a sense of urgency. So if we just believe that the earth's just going to self-destruct, and we're just like, I'm good, bro. I'm chilling. You know, <laughs> right. There's no reason to do Not missions. Not to do anything. Yeah. There's no reason to do missions. I'm just going to live like God wants me to live. And and people just going to see me, and they're the just going to love God. Just live as an individual. Because I remember Correct. I heard a... Something Jeff Durbin was talking about, he, because he's very big in eschatology, he's mm-hmm. a guy who preaches about it a lot. He was talking about how buckle jeans. <laughs> people who have a pessimistic view, like he said, there was one woman he was talking to who who didn't want to raise children. She had she had no desire to bring kids oh, into the world. Get me because, fired up about this. because of her pessimistic view of eschatology, she's like, why? Would I? Why would I bring a child into this world? That there's yeah. no. We may have talked. It's going to get worse before it gets better. We may have talked about this uh, at an on another episode. I don't know. It's but, possible. We but, did for a minute. I, but I bring I that cannot up frequently. Stand that right. view, right? People, people have told me before, like as a you know, I don't really right, know what I don't really know what generation this. we are in. Are we millennials or are we G- Gen Z we're or Z. what are we? I don't know. I think we're Z. We're, but we're yeah, like we're right there on the cusp. Yeah, so it's like ninety. We're elder. Yeah, we're I think like ninety five. Yeah, I think yeah, we're yeah. like elder 
Gen Z. It's all stupid. Yeah, but it what, is. But that age yeah. group, right? But so yeah, we're we're right there, right under millennials. But people are like, "Man, I feel bad for your grandkids," and I'm like, "Why?" I know. How about we people have? A, have how about we have a view that, that God up. is sovereign? He hey. is Lord. I have a lot of hope for your grandkids, throne, right? And so we say, "How about God ordained before the foundation of the world that my kids would come to to be, you know." Hopefully, according to his will, would come to be ambassadors for his victorious kingdom at the exact moment that they live. Right. It's not that, oh, man, God brought them to live at this horrible moment. No, God brought them into existence for this exact moment. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I wish I wish our listeners could see it. You're just going hard, man. <laughs> it gets me mad, man. Get fired up, Levi. It's such a pessimistic view. Yeah. Like, right. God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Right. And he is good. What the people and he is me Lord. have said is like, yeah, like, man, I feel bad for your generation. It's just real bad, and we're just creating a lot of problems for you all. And but, it's like, like, why can't we have that optimistic view of, man, I hope, I pray that, you know, in God's sovereign will, that it's so much better than the way we left it. Right. That and, should be the and ultimately way the, you look at it. The I think the response people have when they hear this for the first time, that we don't believe that the world's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and self-destruct. We believe it's going to progress until the complete recreation at the end when when the Lord comes a second time. They hear this and they're like, how can you even think? Jesus is victorious. Look around. Mm -hmm. The times are bad, right? But think about this. Okay. When Jesus went to the cross, mm-hmm. how did was the church equipped to accomplish their mission? Or even okay, let's go. Let's go on. Jesus is is raised. You know, Matthew twenty eight. He's standing with his disciples, and he gives them the mission. These eleven, right? Eleven fish, fishermen, dudes, and and tax Average collectors. Joes, yeah, exactly. So standing on a mountain, or as Acts calls them, untrained men. Uneducated right. man, right? Right. Jesus is standing on the mountain with Some these eleven jabronis. guys. Just listen. Just think about this. And he's just like, "Okay, here's what I want you guys to do. I know you were fishing for a long time. I know you collected people's taxes. I know you don't live in an era of technology. But what I want you to do is right. to go to every end of the earth and disciple every nation to obedience. Just you eleven guys. And these eleven guys are like." Are you serious? <laughs> wait, you wait, want wait. me to go are you, where? Yeah, are you serious? I thought we just go to town and try to preach to them. You really think we're about to do this? Right? No. They had faith, okay? They looked at it optimistically, and they did their mission. What do you see throughout the, the book of Acts? Progression. Multiplication. Right? People were added. At the beginning of Acts, you see people are added to their number. But then people, the church multiplied. Right? right? right. Boom. Mission is accomplished. Always okay? progression. So if you look at... If you look at Christian history in the little your little nat lifespan, then obviously you're going to have a pessimistic view. But look at it in large chunks. Right. Okay. So from when the Great Commission was given to year 500, did the church become more equipped to accomplish their mission? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Did the church from year 500 to year 1000 grow more equipped to accomplish their mission did it spread to the west yes did it spread a little bit to the east right was the church more have more resources was the church spread were there now nations 
right? I mean, in year from year, that's our situation first, now. First, we went from zero to five hundred, right? In that time, the whole Roman Empire became a Christian nation. Is supposedly right yeah. thanks to Constantine. I mean, it was kind of like eh, Christian, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like they weren't persecuted like they were in the first century. Right. They were being burned progression alive. Progression is still made regardless. Right, exactly. So you see that progression. Then you see it from 500 to 1,000. Then you, from 1,000 to 1,500. In 1517, did the church become more equipped to accomplish their mission? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you see it through the Reformation. You see that great expanse, right? And and then from year 1,500 to 2,000. Did the church grow in its ability to accomplish its mission? Right. And yes. all the while, the church Every is continuing time. to progress. So is the society around it. Correct. Everything well, that That's the Western is, civilization. Right, exactly, which is all predicated upon biblical truths back Correct. in the day. Now it's kind of, we're slowly drifting. Right. And, but, but, but see, people are looking at that and saying, well, now it's the end times, man. Everything, America's, America's yeah. fallen. It's the end. It's bad. Right? I'm like, no, we're still progressing. If you actually look, you know, some of the worst times in Christian history were used to advance the kingdom the most. Right. It was the first century persecution. We get of the, brought down it was the first, so low. Exactly. And we're like, it was the first that, century like, persecution of the church mm-hmm. and, and destruction of Rome that sent right. it's Christianity a into the moment where you're like, Roman wow, Empire. look how far we've fallen. What? It was Why the are fall we just of now Rome that sent it then onward. Exactly. Right? So you go on and on and on. So there's this optimistic view yeah. where you see from all of Christian history in God's providence, in his sovereign timing, that the his church is triumphing. That's what the gospel is. The God's yes. kingdom is victorious. Yeah. The church is militant and triumphant. Now, we could go on for hours and hours Onward and hours about what Christian that means. Soldier. Yeah, y'all could. Okay, what does that, you know, what does it mean that, how do we fight? How does the kingdom advance? It's obviously not with swords. Jesus tells Peter, put his sword up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's with a different kind of, it's it's victor, victory by superior firepower, okay? Our okay. weapons are Ephesians 6, the sword of the Spirit, the Word right. of God, the armor of, of God, you know, in fact, out of all the things that were given, the tools that were given in Ephesians six, is it? I'm pretty sure is it Ephesians five yes. or six? Six. That's what I thought. I feel like for some reason I've been saying it wrong the whole day. Five okay. is is the marriage. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Ephesians six, right? Out of all the things, were, tools were given. Only one of them is offensive, mm-hmm. and it's the sword of the, the sword. spirit. Yeah. Right. So the word is our power by which we go forth and we conquer and we, did, you know, Paul says. The Lord will soon put your crush the enemy underneath your feet, talking to the church, right? Mm-hmm. And God tells Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make all your enemies your footstool. That's what right. we're doing. Optimistic. The church is triumphant. It's a political, victorious message. That's the gospel. That's why eschatology matters. Man, you got me fired up. Oh, yeah. You got anything else? No, man. That was good. Mm. All you good? Guys- if you guys oh, have any other questions though, about Our this topic, clear. if you guys want anything that uh, you want us to maybe go you know, further on or talk about, mm-hmm. just let us know. Oh, yeah. Connect with us, Average Joe Theology, on Facebook. Like subscribe and subscribe. To the show. See you guys. Bye.